Welcome back to this week's episode of Toys on Tap. We have a killer artist coming on the podcast, The Windigo. Honestly, incredible name, incredible artist. You do not want to miss it. If you want more of Toys on Tap, follow Toys on Tap on all socials at Toys on Tap. You can help us out by liking and subscribing wherever you get podcasts. You can leave a rate and review. That would be the most helpful. It's free for you. It means the world to us. And if you want a little bit more, you can jump on that Patreon. Patreon.com slash Toys on Tap. Support the show because you love the show. Now let's get to this episode of Toys on Tap. I gotta see your beautiful face. If I if I have there we go. There we go. What's up, brother? What's going on? Dude, I gotta tell you, I'm like so I'm in love with Ewoks. And like Mm -hmm. I got one tattooed on me. I bought one of yours. And I just, I'm so in love with them. And so I'm so stoked that you're on Toys on Tap right now. Awesome, dude. I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. So uh, pretty awesome for me here too. So uh, yeah, that Seawalk, uh, it hit pretty hard for a lot of people, man. It, it blew up. I sold out real quick that first run I did. So I am it, just so like, I always have told people this. Um, I have your notifications turned on. I have uh, vomiting droids, and now I have yuckamucks. If there is a drop where the Ewoks come back, just yeah, yeah. know the first comment's just going to say all. And so, oh everyone, man, I love that. Everyone can just <laughs> suck it. I don't care. I'm going to do all. <laughs> I'm honored. I've heard you bring that up about uh, vomiting droids, and uh, I, I've got notifications set for very few people. I make sure to turn them on and off as needed. You know, if someone's just like, these are coming soon. I'm just like, switch, like switch them on, you know? Boom. Yeah. <laughs> I, what's crazy, I have notifications turned on uh, for, um, man, what is It's like uh, Busters of the Universe or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And then um, there's a couple other toy accounts where they sell a bunch of stuff. And one day, all of them thought it would be the best idea to go hard that day. My phone just <laughs> lit <course>. up. <laughs> just all day long. You're just like, who is it now? Who is it now? <laughs> yeah. And I, and like, and of course, every time it goes off, I'm like, all right, what am I collecting today? And it, <laughs> I got nothing from any of them. Oh, man. Just still, even with the notifications, sometimes you can't get in quick enough. I know. I was so bummed because it's like <laughs> the things that I love are the things that other people love, right? Like street oh, shows, yeah, of course. Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's love certain both. ones that, yeah, again, certain ones, it's it's a blessing and a curse sometimes with, like, trying to come up with new stuff, because new stuff is great, but, you know, some of those iconic images and characters just, they sell, man, and even if they don't sell, yeah. they speak, whether they speak to the creator or, you know, the consumer, either way, I think both both are important. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Well, I'm stoked that you're on here, as you said, first time caller, that's dope. Yeah. Um, and you've been listening. How at what point uh in the podcast history did you start listening? Do you remember? Oh man, I would say probably in the 20s, maybe before that. It was it was Damn. early, early enough, uh, maybe even in the teens, uh, early enough that it was easy for me to go back and listen to the back episodes in like less than a month's time. Um Damn. so yeah, man, it's uh it's pretty cool seeing names that you know I know and have you know been following for a long time, but um, even in this small niche like bootleg toy world, there's still like so many small circles, um, yeah. and it's easy with the algorithm to like you, there's hundreds of toy artists out there that I'll never see because the algorithm just isn't giving them to me now. 
Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this is just another platform that's not Instagram, which, you know, toy artists and, you know, a lot of artists just in general don't have uh, too, too many outlets to share their work, you know, so we're all we're all slaves to the algorithm. Dude, I hate admitting it, but you're so right. We're yeah, all slaves. I, yeah. And if there's if there's something out there that's better that was, you know, art focused, it'd be great to get on. But the beauty of that platform is that you've got people that aren't necessarily interested in art that can somehow, you know, come across your work. Um, yeah. Or maybe somebody who's, you know, a fan of art that doesn't know that be like toys exist. Somehow the algorithm might feed them that and send them down that rabbit hole. But it, it's hard. Like the the more you focus in on a niche, um, you know, you just kind of limit your audience. Yeah. So it's like, that's why Instagram works so well. I think the hard part too is um, every time people, like when we complain about Instagram, mm-hmm. the, yeah, they change minor things. It is the best for what we do. I don't yeah. like video format does not work for mm-hmm. toys unless you do the mold or demold. Right. And, and uh, I don't know. And there, there's some, some beauty to that. And I've, I've tried to do a little bit of that. Cause you know, again, that hits, that's, that's what some of these guys are getting, you know, tens of thousands of views on a demolding videos. Um, and it, I give them credit because as simple as you might think a, that video should be it's really not getting your angles right. right getting those shots close up and trying to like demold in front of the camera to a point where it's like you're building up the suspense and then showing the surprise it's just it's tough man it's yeah tough. <laughs> i i can't tell you how many times i've filmed it and then immediately just delete yeah i've got yeah. i've got a lot of a lot of uh videos in the phone that just never made it nah it just pisses me <laughs> off well i'm stoked that you're here uh please introduce yourself uh, and tell us, I mean, I always say, tell us what you do. We know what you do, but just tell us again. Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Dan, uh, also known as the Wendigo. Um, I'm a multi, um, media artist. I'm mainly focused in toys these days, but, you know, I come from a 2d art background. Um, I've been painting and mainly drawing my whole life. Um, let's look almost 30 years now, probably, you know, I've been drawing since I was a wee little guy. And, um, yeah, got interested in the toy hobby and just like toy collecting definitely over 10 years ago, um, dabbled in it a long time ago. Uh, it was tough back then. I mean, it's still tough now, but just like learning the process, um, without going through all that trial and error yourself, the internet wasn't as friendly, uh, these days, (laughs) um, you know, a lot of people had guarded secrets. So, um, but it's a totally different scene these days. It's awesome. Um, you can save yourself a lot of time and headache and money by just finding people online and hitting them up. And, you know, you don't even have to ask questions, go back and read people's feeds. There's so many people out there that that share their process and that really helped me get back into it and, and sink my teeth back in. Yeah. And there's, um, yeah, I couldn't imagine doing it when there was nothing like when yeah. there, no one wanted to share. Cause no, like, it was, it, it was going to like Michael's, uh, when I had, you know, one of those 50% off coupons yeah. and uh, just getting some of that like thick pork, uh, that resin that they use, you know, a lot of that stuff's for like tabletops and stuff, but there was like, what is like a mason cast or something was one yeah. that they had. That was supposed to be like a deep pour, but it was like even a deep pour from that stuff is like, they say no more than like a half an inch or an inch at a time. So yeah. <laughs> I messed around with it and everything I had just full of bubbles, you know, yeah, I couldn't make anything work. And uh, yeah. Do you use a vacuum chamber? 
I do now. Yeah. I have I, some of that stuff you're talking about from Michael's. I've poured a bunch and then thrown it in the vacuum chamber to see if I can mm-hmm. get the bubbles out. It's too thick. It's still too it's, thick. It's still <laughs> that's and even like when I got myself back into it, I was like, I didn't want to, you know, commit to, you know, getting some smooth one or anything quite yet. I was like shopping around, found some like cheap stuff on Amazon that I was using. Uh, you know, probably this first few months I was making toys and I didn't realize how much of a pain I was making it for myself. <laughs> it wasn't as thick as that stuff, but it was still, it's still way thicker than any of the smooth one that I'm using on the smooth cast stuff. And uh, man, I, I was like, I, w- I wouldn't even be able to make like a 3.75 inch uh, like arm, you know, there's no way that stuff was getting in there. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Once I, once I, you know, threw some money at some, some better materials, it was just a night and day difference, man. I was able to crank stuff out so much easier. And did you um, say 10 years you've been doing this? Yeah, I did. I had to go back and um, research myself a little bit. So uh, <laughs> I did this for the Toys Alive boys uh, a couple months ago. I uh, went in and talked to them. But yeah, 10 years ago, I, I found I had a couple posts up there. Um, I did this like Grim Reaper guy that was like this big. That was just like, you know, a dump mold. It wasn't a body or anything like that. It was just like neck up, little yeah. skull. I think I had it around here somewhere. Oh, hold on. I'll show you real quick. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So this little yellow guy. Oh, he's great. Yeah. I mean, he's really frothy in the bottom. Yeah. You can see all sorts of bubbles, but that was like maybe my first cast, okay. maybe second, third, something like that. But, you know, I couldn't get any more complicated than that with the materials I had. And uh, I lost interest pretty quick. Yeah. How? I mean, when you lost interest um what was the deciding thing where you were like i'm over this already um i I think it was i didn't want to keep throwing money at it um and there wasn't like a lot of cool examples like i I, of like what could be done you know Mm -hmm. like there was very few artists even doing it healing made was around um bog squad was kind of like still pretty fresh and somewhere along that timeline um this guy who used to make resin toys, I can't find him anywhere these days, Motorbot. Um, okay. And I got a couple of his pieces um, from back back in the day. But I, I think, I, I guess I just didn't really know what, what uh, was capable of the medium, you know? Like yeah. what you could make with it. And I was, I was still content, you know, painting and drawing and everything like that. That was more of a side project. I got a, yeah. I've got, I've got a, a thing where if I get into a hobby, you know, I, I go as deep as possible. I just gotta go down the rabbit hole, man. I'm doing something real hard for one to three months. Yeah. And uh I think that first round was just, you know, it, it wasn't what I was looking for, but coming back and like being able to actually like execute a lot of cool things that I'm interested in doing, uh it just really caught my attention this time around. Yeah. You're describing hyper fixation. There you go. I got that. There's got to be a word for it. Yeah, I got (laughs) that. It's just like the hobby of the month, man. My girlfriend loves loves to give me shit for it. Dude, my wife went out of town. Uh, Thankfully, she has the same mindset as I do. And she was gone for a week. We didn't text or call once because I was like so focused. (laughs) And it was like she arrived and I was like, oh, shit, it's Friday now. Like I didn't even – yeah, I was like, like that. oh, my gosh. <laughs> and she was like, don't worry. I didn't even care. <laughs> that's so, awesome. That's good. Yeah. That, that's good to have that understanding. Um, and it's also good, like, 
you feel bad for it sometimes because some of those things you dive into might be you know not the best best thing for it. video games or something they're fun right man. i try not to get like wrapped up in them too much but there's definitely times where you just dive into that and it's like i need to be doing something a little more creative with my time yeah but uh but something catches your attention man it's hard for that hyper fixation for sure i uh yeah that's crazy 10 years ago i couldn't imagine doing it so you you drop off i mean before we do this i do need to 10 years ago were you still called the wendigo yeah yeah it was right. uh i like, kind of picked it up as a a pen name i think uh just being an art fan i've i've not sure if you're familiar with skinner most guys are yeah. um in this scene he's been my favorite artist for longer than that and i think I, I kind of like that idea of having a pen name. Um, and I was kind of starting it when I was trying to create like art that was more like merchandise, like sellable work, maybe like things that would be reproduced, t-shirt designs, things like that. I was kind of putting under the name, the Wendigo and then my fine art or whatever would be under my, my actual name. Um, I didn't like, after a while, I just didn't like making that distinction and, uh, anything, any art I've even like brought it down, like print style, uh, the symbol, like the red, uh, cross, yeah. uh, like hourglass symbol, like it's how I'm signing most of my like 2d work these days. It's just the, <laughs> just that man. Um, yeah, I, I think I was just trying to differentiate the two, um, styles of work that I was doing and, you know, then it became 20 different styles of work that I create now. So trying to like juggle all those and figure out what, what name I'll be putting them under was just too much. So yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was a cool story. I don't know if you're familiar with the story. Uh like Wendigo Psychosis is kind of no, where I what got the heck it. Is but that? yeah. Um so there's different like origins of the story, but a lot of it was like first peoples, like Native American. But um basically one of the ideas was people would become so hungry to be starved and have to resort to uh cannibalism. And after the the story goes uh after the first time you eat human flesh nothing else can cure your hunger um and get out of here basically, basically you dwindle away to this like famished like skeletal sort of creation called the wendigo and you basically or a wendigo i guess and uh you wander the earth uh but it's all it's not even like bloodthirsty or anything like that like the story is kind of cool where it's like wendigo psychosis is not only the fear of becoming uh or not only like the the need for human flesh but it's also the fear of becoming a cannibal so it's like i don't know this thing that's in your head where you know oh. that it's a bad thing and you're afraid of becoming what your body is like forcing you to be holy hell <laughs> yeah it's kind of it's pretty dark yeah uh, but but i thought it was a cool thing um yeah, and I, I kind of did the spelling a little bit unique too, because you'll see that spelled a lot of times with an E. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's 50 different spellings for it. So in the in the um, hopes of getting hit on the search engine a little bit better, you know, Dude. change that I or change that E to an I up front, and then just to, you know, keep it off, keep people from going to the Wikipedia page first. You know. Yeah, I hope that I wish that there was a way to convey that story in a toy, just like this oh, insatiable yeah. like. Mm -hmm need for human flesh but then this drive to never eat it again yeah yeah it man and that's kind of like something that i kind of like going back to like what i was hoping to be able to create like making toys there's certain things like what you just described i feel like would be fairly easy for an artist to put on like a canvas or something like that yeah. um 
I mean, everybody's interpretation of it's going to be different, but you can kind of put that into an image um, easier than I think you could like a toy. Um, and I don't know, it's, it, it's a tough, like the, like finding artistic expression in the, in the toy scene is, is tough. Yeah. Um, I think some people can do it like vomiting droids, shout out to him again. Like it's a little bit artsy what the work he does, you know, yeah. um, like creating something that somebody or taking something that somebody could say like a miscast or something. Um, and, but being able to create into something that like, you can look at that and know that it was meaningful or done yeah. with intent and done with intention. Um, and shout out to him for being able to pull that off, man. Uh, it's, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. I, I can, I love messing with like colorways and stuff and that's a cool way to kind of pull that artistic stuff into it. But, um, yeah, there's, there's certain things, man. I, I'm sure there's sculptors out there that can be able to pull it off. Uh, if they're around, I'd love to see it. Yeah. I, um, conveying, you know, I just watched the suck Lord thing on dke tv have you seen mm -hmm. that no i haven't he's uh i mean he's bummed on toys right he's talked the most about toys um right. and he's been on toys on tap uh, like 12 times it feels like yeah but um it, i think that's what he, he's like i don't know what where it goes with toys or i don't know like what to do with toys or um, and I think that's where he's getting at is like, where's the artistic expression? Like, what do we do with this? Right. And I could see him as being, he's definitely more on the artistic side, you know, he's a, he's a character. Uh, yeah. And it, what he was, you know, being like so early on in it, it, it was like maybe a statement at that point, you know, it was, he was, I don't know, not the first, but he was the first person kind of like pushing that out there. Yeah. Um, this kind of like dark dirty bootleg toy just bootleg thing you know ripping somebody else's stuff off and reselling it like it's so punk rock it's it's really cool um and i think it maybe it's been normalized too much to be yeah. punk rock anymore uh so i could see being on like the forefront of that that that's like a tough thing to accept um and especially when we interrupted this broadcast of toys on top to bring you this meanwhile the galaxy of bootleg treasures DOV2, we have engine failure. We must crash land on DKE to a planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray, we're saved, DOV2. Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys. Check out www.dketoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures. DKE. he's still doing what he's always been doing and he's still selling all of his work so like trying to balance that out it's like the artist wants to create something new but if it's paying your bills then you know it's yeah. hard to it's hard to stop doing what you're doing damn now we're just dropping knowledge but we gotta <laughs> hear all about you this is your interview um walk me back Walk me back to you as a kid, because you're using some iconic pieces when you cast and 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 make these like beautiful things that you're making. So that means they've like breathed life into you, I'm assuming. So you as a kid, what kind of toys? What are you doing? Man, as a kid, it was uh me, a lot of just things that were gross and slimy. And I don't know yeah. if that was uh something that I picked up or if it was just like what my mom bought me and she imparted that on me. Maybe I was just 
into that stuff but like it was a lot of bad guys a lot of villains um had a bunch of ninja turtles uh although they don't really kind of they don't stick with me as much like i think it's strange because a lot of that stuff is that slimy you know muck man those yeah. kind of guys are figures i was into but i don't I, I don't know this articulation the way they stand and everything doesn't speak to me so much now as a creator um mm -hmm. but a lot of motu a lot of he-man figures um and then i had one of those uh big wwf like wrestling rings uh that had like the elastic ropes on it and everything yeah. and i could just i mean that's probably my fondest memory of toys growing up was just slingshotting guys into each other <laughs> um <laughs> launching, launching them across the room that kind of stuff so yeah it was more like larger scale stuff for me five and a half inch figures um didn't really have many star wars figures a lot of the stuff that i'm using these days uh kind of caught kind of caught my attention here like later in life um and i think i look at it more from the creator standpoint there's so much stuff to pick from from those 3.75 inch figures just the world is your oyster man there's so many toys that you can get to adapt to those sizes um so yeah they've those toys have like kind of come along here later in life uh, yeah. but it was it was a lot of motu back in the day uh hell yeah um so yeah i got i think most like most people um got out of it when i was probably young teens you know was toys weren't cool anymore uh, yeah but like i was still able to like appreciate them i was at that point i was like collecting some like mcfarland toys some spawn stuff and like that felt like a step up you know because there's like well sculpted those first lines are like realistic figures the violator and spawn and stuff and it kind of like let me go into my into my early teens but after after that i was just had to break away to my th i'd say to my mid-20s or so um and then i finally got some of that nostalgia comfortable enough with myself to be like okay i'm an adult <laughs> toy collector <laughs> yeah and I, I think what really sparked it back up was probably uh safubi um i just got into some some of those old uh bandai like ultraman Fubi, the cheap stuff yeah it, it was cheap it's just like expensive these days now but just being able to go on just go on ebay and search for it and buy i don't know 10 pieces that are under five bucks each and just have them yeah uh, i just love how like kind of soft just creativity for those figures man is just so wild man they're, they're goofy yeah they're i it's silly man that's what i, I was like trying to paint some of those a little bit and again, that was like coming down to equipment, like vinyl paint, man. <laughs> like yeah. it's hard to get now. Uh, I've been using some of the Wonder Vinyl paint uh, these days, but that didn't exist back then. Getting any paint to stick to vinyl was. I started collecting it for you know not not as a canvas anymore, but to actually like put on my shelves. So. Yeah, uh, that's uh, the way that you describe eBay, where you like buy five or ten things. Mm -hmm. My wife is like panicked because i've started doing that <laughs> <laughs> it's uh i definitely go through through some like streaks of it because you know just trying to find some new parts for for figures these days i'll yeah. go on and there's there's a couple sellers that i follow now that uh have some cool like random like discarded pieces or yep. like a factory you know it's just like a, a bag of 10 random heads just like cool whatever it is it's six dollars yeah. just send them to me i'll get some cool ones i know <laughs> Yeah, you just get like free shipping from China. It's like I don't even know how they can't be making money from it, but yeah. I don't know how it all works. That's crazy. Uh I mean, I'm in a kick right now still of collecting all the 375 retro Marvel. 
Okay. Yeah. How big is that line? Uh, I mean, eight waves, like five okay. figures a wave, small. All right. Um, not, not bad. And but the issue is, sometimes you're able to buy a whole wave at a time. You just right. gotta like search them all up. And I just I bought Wave Zero, all like Hasbro Pulse stuff. Uh huh. And it was like, I was like, give me that one, give me that one, give me that one. And I forgot that my wife's card is the one that's hooked to eBay. So she's getting notifications. Oh. I'm like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and she, she's like, you sit around and do this all day, don't you? I was like, yeah, this yeah, is sometimes. So I got to take a break for a second, but uh, I'm a little closer to having what I need. Uh, you took a break and you came back uh, to Sufubi, which is a cool, like Sufubi. I don't know what it is about Sufubi, but it like breathes life that action figures don't. I don't know what it yep. is. Um, did you like when you came back? Did you only want the retro, or did you try to search out like newer stuff and come grabbing for it? I had, uh, for the most part, retro, uh, but I also wasn't like quite ready to start uh, paying that sort of money because that vinyl is also more expensive, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely, again, once you find some niches, you can find plenty of stuff out there that's affordable for sure. But um, as far as the big stuff that you re- I, you could find at that time is, you know, I'm not, I would rarely be trying to spend $200 on some pieces, but right. I've got some, I've got a Budfoot. Uh, Skinner did that piece with Wonder Goblin. Yep. It's like the forearm Sasquatch. Uh, I got the first release of that. I feel like that might've been like eight years ago, man. That I feel like that old, that piece has been around for a while um what's your most expensive one you've got oh man that's always a tough Probably. one i think it's that one i believe so okay yeah i'm looking around okay no i got the uh was it the iron monster uh was that miscreation toys and lulu bell toys did it's like a i can't get it it's on the top shelf but it is like a 14 inch tall um Ooh. I got it. Uh, it's got like the marbled meat colorway. So it's like pink and red, <laughs> kind of like white and kind of fatty. Yeah. It's kind of like a Frankenstein esque head on kind of like a robotic body. Uh, that was just under, that was right around 200. So that's not bad. Um, no, it's really not that bad. Uh, but what really kind of brought me back into in this last round, uh, lucky enough to live here in Asheville, North Carolina, home of uh, Assembly Required. Yeah. And I wasn't on social media for probably for about seven years. I was just off of it. Didn't interest me at all. And I, but I would go do assembly required every year. And uh, that would be like my, my fix. Um, It's kind of weird seeing it from that side. Like there's definitely artists that I bought from years ago that I follow now that I didn't even know that I had their piece. And, you know, at that point, a lot of these guys, their work has come so far they might not even remember they did this piece or it's some piece that they did five years ago and you wouldn't recognize it as their work anymore because they're doing so much better these days. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this, uh, I attended that on the, you know, on the buyer side for three years, I believe. And uh, last year was my first time I I was behind the booth and, and selling stuff. So hell yeah. How did it go? It went awesome, man. It was, it was great. It was cool to see people. You know, a lot of people that I met online, yeah. uh, beat of the J came out, flew out from California, beeline straight for the booth. <laughs> Dude, he's sweetheart. He's buying, yeah. uh, bought a bunch of toys from some people. He had shopping lists for multiple people just taking care of all the dudes. It, it was awesome of him. And, uh, 
I got to booth beside Resin Blood. Uh, so he's a trip, man. He's he's a fun dude to be around. Got tattooed by him uh, in his hotel room. What'd you get? Night. I got a Garamond. Uh, speaking okay. of Safubi, yeah, Garamond, the Ultraman Kaiju. Uh, he had done a flash piece of it, like a big flash sheet, uh, a couple months before that. And uh, so I snagged one of those on my leg. So, and then uh, my girlfriend got a Hedora tattoo. Uh, from that same flash seat. So we got matching kaiju tattoos for the first assembly required. Heck yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. So can't wait to do it again. He's talking about um yeah, we've got we've got this uh Blue Ridge no, Beer City Comic Con. Forgot to turn my air compressor off. Uh, I didn't know if you I heard was that. wondering that was what was that was. <laughs> it was um, going back up. Blue uh, what uh, Beer City Comic Con it yeah. just announced. Um it's going to be the first one. We don't have like a Comic-Con here in town. Um, it's going to be the first go at it. And I'm hoping that uh, we get we get some some assembly required um, representation there. So yeah. we'll see. I don't know if anything's been announced or anything like that, but uh, it'd be a cool opportunity just to get something, you know, right there in that six to eight months in between, you know, that midpoint uh, between assembly required. To get, yeah. get those guys out in February and then get another another Comic Con here locally uh, in the fall, it'd be awesome, man. So I've seen a bunch of them popping up, and they they just had one um, in Concord in California at this like high school gym. Interesting. Yeah, to go anywhere, I guess. Yeah, it's I, dope. I, it's cool, but I just I'm, they're popping up. That's pretty. It's pretty tiny, man. I would say, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's high school gyms out there that are pretty big, but if it was my high school, he wouldn't be able to fit much yeah. in there. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. So you come back, you you start with Safubi, um, but there's still a jump that's got to be made between Safubi and Resin. Um, when you start, do you want to, like, are you interested in producing Safubi when you first start coming back? Uh, I think it's something that's, kind of on my mind and still is also i don't think that was exactly i'm, I'm very hands-on as an artist you know and i think that's the one thing that kind of shies me away from Safubi in the scheme of things is that you know you're so hands-off on the process yeah um you know you send it off to somebody and, and it's awesome to be able to get your your work sent back to you but there's something about the satisfaction of just pouring some resin and popping out those colors and seeing how they marble together and you know all of that um and the process is just a little more daunting, you know, it's, it's a financial, you know, you got that upfront cost. And, uh, I would say that the one thing stopping me right now would be that I don't have a solid, like design. I don't have a solid yeah. character I'd want to do. I haven't really been doing like any of my design work or thought process, like with that kind of Safubi mindset. Uh, but it'd be awesome to do one day. Um, and that's also becoming something that's more accessible. You know, there's a lot of people that are, able to produce smaller runs and some like bootleg-esque artists that are that are pulling this stuff off so you know it's not as daunting as sending off sending your work off to china and having to get a you know three thousand minimum quantity or something to make it make financial sense you know right and um, it's way cheaper uh yuck trading co mm-hmm. he sells his like massive the food for like 20 bucks like he's yeah. just gotten it down yeah there's that surprises me too. Some people, and it, it's the same with resin toys, but I don't think you get quite that that much swing. But it is awesome to be able to find um, 
some of those cool like smaller vinyl pieces for under you know 40 40 bucks you know yeah. and especially when they're like that size uh magitarius is also he from here in north carolina i've got a couple of his pieces um he does some really cool Safubi work um was that zephyr space wizard is the one i've yeah. got that's another like 14 inch tall Safubi that's pretty rad um but yeah i think it was about last year it's been about a year now because it was last summer that i just decided uh you know i got i'm a little more financially stable these days um I had collected a lot more toys that could be that you know could be considered as fodder. Um, so I decided to just make the jump, man. I was able to find some affordable supplies on Amazon to get my you know get my feet wet and get it started for a hundred bucks. Yeah, you know, it felt a, just felt a lot easier to get into, and um, definitely had some some issues like everybody does, man. <laughs> and I always <laughs> definitely wasted a couple hundred bucks those first couple of rounds, and. Uh, but it's awesome just to even see my own work and how far I've been able to come just on the technical side of things. Yeah. Like getting rid of some air bubbles and figuring out vents and things like that. Um, you learn, yeah, you, you spend some money, but you learn along the, along the way and uh, yeah. learn to deal with some of those more frustrating parts. You know, sometimes I'm in the zone and I'm, I can get really into making a mold, putting all the air vents in, getting my sprues in. And there's something like that can click in my head. I get that. Um, hyperfixation on it yep. it feels good but unfortunately when the mold, on the mold making side i don't i don't feel that way often <laughs> my least yeah. favorite part is making molds <laughs> um thursday night 7 p.m youtube live it's toys alive toys alive toys alive there's way cool artist unboxing no accounts under a thousand followers what? art out there for 30 bucks or less collector spotlight Ooh, current upcoming shows and drops Giveaways, short chats with artists, <laughs> news from the hood, 100% indie, all the time. That's, That's Toys, Toys Live. Toys Live. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. But, you know, I got through it, man. And uh, after I stepped up, I mean, when I when I first got into it and, like, I was really into Motu 5.5-inch scale stuff, yeah. um, I feel like... That's the stuff that holds the most nostalgia for me. And I just always like Skeletor, all the bad guys, then the villains from that, from that line are so cool. And of course, that's what I was trying to make off the bat. And you just use so much more materials when you, it's just, you're dumping so much more, a miscast on a, on a body part or those yeah. legs is the same amount of resin as like two Star Wars figures, you know, yep. like, <laughs> and uh, learn that pretty quick. And I think that was one of the main reasons for me to step down to the, three and three quarters in uh scale yeah it's to kind of just dial that in man and it's it's become really fun for me yeah um miscasts i've never miscast something large mm -hmm. i have the on the flip side though i have miss uh i don't know the term miss molded oh which like i have effed up some molds okay got it but you did you found out before you cast in it at least right Okay, that, so, that would have been like, a small. <laughs> or like I learned, there's been a couple though where I've learned, like on the job. Okay, like where I, like you, that first cast sucks. Right. Yeah. And you're able to. So with your mismolding, was it uh, like under mixing, or you where you just find an air bubble? Did your did your rubber never set? Um, the one that I can think of right now. 
pissed me off because it's like the like it used the most amount of mold stuff. So uh-huh. <laughs> um it was I'm molding, I'm still working on it, molding a fridge. It's a little refrigerator that opens. Okay. Oh, that opens. That's yeah. pretty rad. Awesome, um, dude. I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do with it. I'm gonna make fridges. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. I mean, New Ewing's making a, a couch. So yeah, gonna have, so, gonna have a resin place that's <laughs> there you go. And he's one of my favorite artists. So I would love to be in his court. Um, so I'm making this, I put it all together and I get like all the mold stuff going and it takes a crap ton because when the fridge opens it's not the typical size like it's deep it's like right it's so deep in there there's nothing in it so it's just you it the amount to get it in is so much right and so i did that whole thing did the door everything all in one and it's like a brick probably like i don't know eight nine inches by like heavy boy yeah by like five inches by like four inch is massive (laughs) um and i was like pumped dude so pumped i was like this is gonna work it's gonna be so sick i pull the fridges out i throw this like resin in um it's what actually caused me to buy a vacuum tank oh you got a little you got some bubbles inside there that it just i had so many oh man <laughs> and it yep, was, that yeah. sucks it oh. was the worst because what happened because then when you like throw it in the god the pressure pot it like pushes resin into those so i had yep. things everywhere and it was <laughs> like all these fridges are dumped so i just have a broken mold sitting here now of course it's the biggest like i don't know if it's your most ambitious but it's like the the largest project and that's for sure and always, most and, ambitious <laughs> uh, that's the worst man and it's yeah. you, you run into those little things and that's what you're always learning is what you just said with the pressure pot it's like well i was originally not you know before i had the vacuum chamber yeah. i was just pouring pouring straight put those molds in the pressure pot when i got that and then you pull out all those little pimples in the molds and it's just like well now i have to pressurize my my silicone because i don't have a vacuum chamber yet well then you realize when you're pressurizing stuff you can't use any hollow figures um because they'll just disintegrate and you you learn all these things and then i had a lot of issues where i was like doing a two-piece mold and i was claying up the bottom of it and i don't know if anybody realizes but there's little air pockets you don't have it one big solid lump yeah all those little air pockets will do the same thing so i'd like go through and i'm meticulously the one figure i realized this was happening meticulously just followed that body seam i usually don't care too much about that like it's but this one was like a little sloppy and i didn't want to have two sloppy lines so followed it put it in there and i pulled it out and i was just like what in the world like this the rubber was just not where i lined it up at all and i just assume all those little air pockets in that clay exploded imploded whatever yep. they do it's like cool now i need to get a vacuum pot yeah and uh smooth on says it's all degassing it's like self-degassing that may be true if you uh, got like two bubbles but mine right. always have 10 million so same i don't know like I, depending on what you're making i'm sure it's it, it works for some people you know yeah if you're not throwing a pressure pot whatever they say and i'm sure there's people who can make it work but i, I couldn't do it with any uh any percentage of sorry i lost my train of thought there no no you're good percentage oh, I... of accuracy is one of the <laughs> there you go accuracy yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 sometimes it's easier just to get the equipment, man. And yeah, obviously, I think make sure you're into this for anybody out there that's just like think about dabbling. Like Don't you'll dabble. figure out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no. You'll figure out soon enough what you're capable of with the equipment that you have. Um, yeah. and dial that in first and make sure that's cool. Um, and you're good with that. And you know, I don't think a pressure pot's necessary, but um, depending on what you want to do, it could be. So, and then, yeah, and then so you make your first. What's your first figure? You come back blazing. What's that first one you come back to? First figure is uh, I did these Raider bots. Um, okay, so it was a Tuscan Raider body, and then some Super Seven. I think the name is like X Two or okay. Two. He's from the worst line. Um, I don't have one of those with me, but it was a simple, it was simple. Um, I kind of like, you know, molded the legs together for the, on the Raider, gave yep. him like a robe instead of articulation. Um, super easy pour, that body's just like straight, you know, yeah. I didn't have to worry about too much. And then the other reason I picked those arms and that head, very easy casts and uh, threw those on. Oh, would I take that back? I'm thinking about going through my Instagram feed. Uh, my crolls were the first thing I recast or I cast. Okay. Um, so this was a piece that I was holding on to for years and years when I was just like, yeah, if I get back into casting, I'm, I'm getting back. I'm going to use this. It's a body from a cave troll from a Burger King toy. It's super simple. Not very many lines in it. I just like I, I couldn't find any arms or head that I wanted to to. to that I thought fit well with that. Um, because the neck is like on the front, the head of yep. death is like on the front of his body. Um, so I ended up, I don't know how I came across them. I think it was online somewhere, but uh Final Faction, uh the Dollar Tree line. Yep. I ended up seeing those and I went check those out, man. And it just it turns out those arms from all the from all the villains in that line are so perfect with that body sculpt. Um they're cool, they're like highly detailed. Yeah. And then I uh I sculpted the headpiece for it. So what I was doing was kind of kit bashing the pieces. I was casting the body and then it's cheaper for me to just go and buy 10 of those uh, toys at the Dollar Tree. And they also have like, they got horns and stuff on their arms and spikes. Like it'd be a real pain to cast. Yeah. I'm just like, I'll just chop these off, throw a magnet on them and then and then paint. Um, so that's what I had first started making and started posting online. Um, Dude, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, and that was a fun, like, original piece, and there's only, I felt like, so much I could do with it. It is pretty fun to, like, go through, because pretty much all of those Final Faction body parts, like, fit well with those, and I was doing a bunch of, like, customs and one-offs, and, uh, yeah, kind of, you know, that line of of, of kit bash and customs, and uh, I, I think I, I eventually moved on to just, like, full casting pretty soon after that, just for how much less work it is. Um, yeah. you know, you got the more initial work up front with the mold, making the molds and stuff, but you can reproduce way faster than, you know, uh, having to chop up all that stuff and then do the paint job. Yeah. I, uh, dude, that's sick that you did that. And also I love final faction. So yeah, yeah. I've got, I tried, that's like maybe the one toy line that I'm actually, or actually had a complete, uh, the complete line uh super cheap to do yeah of course but they just came out with the new ones i don't know if you've seen them it's the same it's like the same sculpts but they've got new colorways Dope. i think it's cool i think it's cool that like they can just do colorways like the bad guys are all like these uh they call it like venom i think they're black and neon green oh that's cool guys. not yeah, yeah, purple good... anymore uh no yeah for this like 
the venom line yeah uh, for the venom wave so god uh, they look pretty cool and i think the the good guys are like elite and i think they're like a, it's like a golden colorway what's um, crazy about this um we like in this toy scene uh if you've done some amount of research you know that it's not it's not cost effective to produce action figures in small runs because you'll no. you have to charge so high yeah but somehow um, they've gotten them down to a dollar twenty five with packaging, with accessories, with right. It's like what the and hell? It, and it's not even like they've got their four bread and butter. They've got so much variety. I mean, yeah. every single every single character's got its own like accessory pack too. Yeah, um, they have a vehicle. <laughs> cool. They got the vehicle, the a Rambler, yep. the Rumbler, the Rambler. One of those two I've got. Um, but yeah, there's so many cool, cool little bits and pieces from there, like uh one of the little crab guys that you can get they're like drones or sense uh i don't know what they call them but i was able to just like take that and make a head for one of the crows yeah and it looks cool because it's got like little eyeballs on it and like his little legs look like it's like a headdress or something and uh that was really fun to do and it's something i'd, I'd like to mess around with a little bit more but I, I think it's just like such a different uh workflow that i have to get into to make those yeah. you know um it's just different than the casting and putting magnets on. So some I thought was a really cool idea and I had a lot of fun and all the figures look really awesome. But I just I just gotta be in a different mindset when I'm when I'm trying to make those guys. Yeah. Then you hyper fixated like we all do. There you go. And right? you ended up here within a year making some of the dopest stuff that we all love. Thanks, man. Um just what I'm assuming you're doing is just experimenting with like different colorways, different ideas of throwing stuff together, throwing that eye, that cat eye on the Ewok. Holy moly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, trying to, uh, take some, some of these things, like give it my own kind of flair. Like I, I know what I'm like, what I like in like an action figure, like most of the stuff I'm into, I want some alien, like something kind of dy dystopian, something yeah. kind of dark. Um, I, I generally shy away from like mostly like humanoid figures. Um, I want, I want something just a little more ominous, you know, yeah. um, and trying to find bits and pieces and putting them together in a way. Uh, but then also like, where can I incorporate some sculpting, uh, with the sea walk? That was one little bit that I did, you know, uh, just kind of re-sculpting his face. It's something small, uh, but it did make that character, like it's recognizable, you know what it is, but it's also my own. Um, yeah honestly surprised no one had made one before uh i made sure i did a thorough google search on it <laughs> i'm not saying nobody ever did if they did i i haven't seen one but i yeah. was just like oh man i had a, i had just bought like a hundred pack of those little eyeballs for some project i don't even know what i had them from and i was just like trying to find the right project to come along to use those and uh yeah and it happened i finally got that ewok so <laughs> dude so good it was so good um i think too what made it was the eye uh it just pops i think i have mm -hmm. this like pink and green one and it like the eye just it is just so crazy looking in comparison yeah. to the colors it's uh it's pretty fun going through that big that big bag of them and uh finding one that matches the colorway that i've got you can almost always find one that's got like a cool little accent that ties into it I set yeah. one up, up here. oh like yeah I, I just so happen like green with the orange wait a minute wait a minute you just have these just laying around and you're not selling yeah, them? yeah i didn't on? oh well no i've got a couple um i did a big art mar art market um 
What is this, Master? Deep in the darkest corners of our earth, digital sculptors are choosing body parts and combining them in unnatural ways. <laughs> they are making a mutant. The evolving group of worldwide toy makers has been collaborating digital sculpting and making a mutant on Instagram. <laughs> yes, master. Making a mutant. Learn more on Instagram. <laughs> Join Making a Mutant on Instagram, a digital sculpting toy collab. Two weekends ago, uh, that we kind of throw one for uh, uh, my, the job I work at and we do like an art market every summer yeah and uh generally i've done that before but i always sell 2d work you know paintings and drawings and yeah. this year is the first year i was like i'm gonna bring some toys out there you and, go uh, they they didn't do very well <laughs> um it wasn't i it wasn't like the market itself wasn't great there's a lot of other stuff going on and we didn't have a ton of emphasis on us but uh it was cool to show a couple people that had never seen it you know don't know that people can create their own action figures like yeah kind of just explaining that to people and they're just like well that's really interesting yeah of course <laughs> and getting those that. kind of responses they're just fun man uh yeah, yeah. well if you we i know people that would right, buy them I'm, i'll jump on some you know <laughs> they all right um no i held some back for that and i gotta do a big shop drop because i've got some leftovers i've got some uh some of these new guys that I posted today. Yeah, tell me about. So you you took a little bit of a break, and then all of a sudden, just all at once, I, threw some <laughs> stuff down, and it's dope. I think I, man, I was just going through this a little mental like creativity block that was like frustrating me. Um, I don't know. I was I was working on the collector. That was the other piece that I had showed you that I, or that you saw that I posted yeah. online, and, and I. Dude, I'm ambitious, dude. Sometimes a little too ambitious. And uh, you know, I, I've been working on this piece and there's some really complicated bits, like you understand I don't I'll never be able to show you the hands, but the just hand like, is already like, because oh, yeah. of that thumb. The thumb, dude. And then also I want to recast it so or you know, cast it separate from the sleeve. So I want it to be its own color. And the first cast I did, not only is this difficult to keep the bubbles out of. But the resin would break when I'd pop it in there because it's just like a little toothpick sized yep. um, peg on it. So I just had to recast recast it with some thicker pegs and get it to work out. But uh, yeah, I, I finally did that. And his his mouth like his mouthpiece is breathing apparatus. So good. It's from a uh, Warhammer 40k. Uh, oh, the is it the wearable piece? thing? So if you've ever seen those, um, it's it's somebody's jet jetpack. Somebody from the Death Card um it's like a it's like a jet pack so good regardless it's tiny if you see it in person i mean with these spikes the, the skull on it is yeah, you know, yeah the yeah. size of a pinhead <laughs> so, <laughs> that scale is itty bitty um and i messed around a little bit uh with doing like some miniature painting and stuff too in the past few years uh never really got into like playing warhammer but uh some buddies of mine did and i was just like really interested in painting their like armies yeah. uh and of course hyper fixated i spent hundreds of dollars on paint see all of my citadel paints behind there you me go. <laughs> honestly just like, well, citadel's so good it's good it's the best man it's top of the line and then i'm just like what am i going to use this on if i'm not like actively playing yeah warhammer um 
I got pretty nerdy into some board games too, though. Uh, there's a couple that that me and my friends play that use the same scale miniatures. Um, some big ones that went through like uh, some Kickstarters. Tainted Grail is one. Um, and of course, I went all out and got the one that had all the miniatures. We're talking a, a board game that comes in four boxes like this big. <laughs> uh it's this entire world unreal and uh it came with like 30 different miniatures and i started trying to paint those little guys that's a it's totally different though than like painting action figures because like you can get, i don't know how much you know about painting miniatures but like you can get kind of cheaty they would say with like a wash you know um and you can kind of do it with some detail on on regular figures too but you know you just water down some black and you kind of brush it on there it finds all those little crevices and pulls out details yeah that's like great for something that's like hyper detailed and realistic, but you know, a lot of those painting techniques don't really translate to the softer lines of, right. uh, you know, of, of like the action figure scale. So um, I think that's like kind of steered me away from painting a lot of my figures. Uh, Cause it's just one more thing to mess up, you know, uh, yeah. one more thing, one more thing to chip off. And uh, I've been working on like some minimal paint applications I think is good for me. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I'm growing, I, I paint when I do stuff for Dove or when I like people commission things, but I'm falling out of love with painting so much. Um, mm -hmm. I just don't have the time to invest in learning something like through and through, which is starting to bum me out a little bit. Right. You and look at like General Porpoise, who's like, using the back of his hand as a damn thing yeah. that makes paints and it looks incredible. Right. And, and how does he get it to like, just to, just to adhere so well. And like, yeah. Um, it's one of those things that you might not even know that you've messed something up until four weeks later, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, cause it's just like, Oh, I didn't realize how easy that would chip um, or just bumps on the wrong thing. And then you realize, Oh shit! That entire run I did is painted the same way. You go back and check, and it's like, ah, well, they're all gonna chip. What do I do? Yeah. Um, and and I think that's what like something I do keep in mind with um, the way I cast some pieces, like the the sea walk. I went through my head. I was gonna kind of fill these gaps in and make it just one cast with his, you know, his head scarf. And I was just like, I I gotta play with contrast, don't you know? It's one of my favorite things, just like messing with contrast on colorways. And, and that uh, headscarf is tough to cast. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's tough. I I ended up doing two, and I do it upside down now, so it's cast, and there's like yeah. a vent here and a vent here. It's like a squish mold, and that's where my two pieces come up. Um, it's uh, it's tough though. <laughs> it's just like I find again, I just get I get myself into these ambitious projects, and yeah. uh, I take this simple thing. I was like, I'm gonna make a, I want to make a small, simple figure that's not so complicated. Uh, you know, a sea walk. It's a perfect tiny scale, and here we are. <laughs> no, yeah, I got to separate the scarf. <laughs> You're like, I want to take a, a a small one and make it uncomplicated by complicating <laughs> the hell out of it. <laughs> oh wait, also I need to bring a third party in and glue an eye to it. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah so extra materials. <laughs> Tell me about uh, those brawlers you just dropped. Yeah, yeah. So that was again. Um, I, I've been messing around with trying to come up with a good combination, something fresh for me. Um. This is, I can't remember the guy's name. The body is, but it's from a uh, swamp. It's from the swamp thing line. Um, he's like this little goblin looking dude. He's got long arms. I use his arms on my Tuscan Creeper. 
Okay. Um, but his body's just so cool. It's kind of like starved and bony. Yep. Um, it's like the Wendigo. We found there you it. Go, dude. So there <laughs> we go. I actually thought about that when I was doing it. I was like, oh, man. Um, some kind of a death guard or something on the legs. Skeletor Super 7 arms. And then, like, I don't know the name of this head, but uh, I don't know if you've, you're up on the Mandalorian. Yeah. But, like, there's three, like, there's three, like, red assassin ninja dudes. Near oh, the yeah. End of the last like the episodes. Red Guard or something. The Red Guards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's from them. And that scale is actually, like, a little bit bigger. The figure is probably a little closer to, like, four and a half inches tall. Yeah. Um. So, like, the body isn't great. Um. But I thought that headpiece, like, fit really well. And it and, worked uh, well, like, just looking at the piece with you holding it and what I was looking at it uh, earlier, it looks like you poured and then poured on top of it. And it just gave it that right. flow so you don't have to paint. And it looks dope. Yeah. And that's what I've, like something else I like wasn't really thinking of months ago but like recent like even trying to find these arms like I found so many arms that I thought like the shape was great but they were like either clothed arms or they were like you know they had armor or something like yeah. that I'm like well it just doesn't make sense to like have his body because he doesn't have any clothes on you know yeah. <laughs> just like to have that even if it looks cool and it kind of fits like with the feel of it um but then, yeah that I actually made this mold with that intention of being able to pour the bottom um because normally I would have put his legs up top, like and poured through the legs. Yep. But because I want this color to sit, I just did it that way. And I know some guys out there can. There's some like masters at it that will go through and they they'll actually you know fill the lines and it looks like it's painted. Lab Unreal. Do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think I think my style. I love like marbling and kind of those blended colors. And uh, yeah, I, I put in most of my resin through these little pipettes. It's easiest for me. I know a lot of people use syringes. Um, I don't like doing all that cleanup process. So I just use like these single use pipettes and uh, I've just got it down. It's like five and a half pipettes in there. <laughs> then I put my yellow on top and it's all good. Dude, so um, good. And then the weapon looks I think great. that might be like a little bit of art. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> I had those in this like crazy block of weapons that I was using. Or I was making, and I was like, I've got to find the figure that these go with. So good. Just like a little ball and chain. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's another tough one. But yeah, I thought this was fun. It's super clean. Um, and I enjoy this like colorway. It's been pretty fun. So now that you're then, back, now that you're like starting to cast again, and now that you're like back from the funk a little bit, what's some some stuff? Like, I mean, it's hard to ask this question because you just dropped so much all at once <laughs> but like what's to come what are you heading towards what are you looking towards creating um i'm looking towards creating maybe some more i'd like to do some more runs like I, most of my stuff i'm pouring these days is like um you know just one-off colorways um and i think i enjoy creating that stuff but i think from a collector standpoint i think there is like a pretty cool aspect to like a run a wave of you know, a set of five or something mm -hmm. like that that are in like a similar vein to that. Um, so I want to do some of that. I'd like to really dig into uh, my articulation. Um, magnets are are great and they're awful all at the same time. Um, they work well, uh, but they're, again, just like a paint job. It's one more thing to mess up, you know, uh, yeah. keeping those things glued in there. I've been... Uh, messing around with like the idea i think i'm going to print out maybe like a little uh 
card, like a, a customer care card for my toys. It says something along the lines of like, although you can, although you can swap these out, like, please keep like the movement to a minimal and make sure it's just going up and down, you know, like yeah. just something that just says like, although it's fun to swap these out, just understand that that will like, you know, um, decrease the longevity of this figure, you know, and you might be super gluing something else back in there yourself later <laughs> on. So um, I'd love to like mess around with um, something else, man, some kind of like pegged articulation or something like that. Um, I know there's just pegs, what is it like glyos? Yeah, like I'm always saying that wrong. Yep. Um, and it's something I've heard of, and I know you got to talk to some guy. I don't know if I'm like ready to sink into that either. I feel like that's another like, uh, it's just a line of precision that might be tough for me to hit. Yeah. Um, because I've been like trying to make, I've had a couple molds where I'm like trying to like pre-mold the magnet holes into them, and I think just small temperature changes, like one cast I can't fit a magnet in, next cast it's a little bit loose, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. And you can't you can't look at it and tell, but you can just tell by the way the magnet fits. Um, but I've realized I've like upgraded these magnets to like the really strong ones, and like I'm like trying to stand them side by side to take a picture of them. They'll keep knocking each other off, and it's frustrating. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I can only imagine somebody who's got a shelf full of these things, and I I don't yeah. want to be the guy that <laughs> knocks over everything on his shelf. But I guess everybody understands that's part of it. So yeah. Um, I'd like to get into some more, yeah, five and a half inch stuff maybe this year. Uh, I think that'd be fun. It's like, like I said, that was like my goal, but I've been having a lot of fun making the smaller size figures. Yeah. Uh, this collector, this guy, again, a lot of work goes into them, but it's like, I think this is like a piece that shows what I'm capable of, uh, <laughs> what I can do. Like this mold, I'll show you just for like his like upper strat, like his upper torso. I've got that here too. I know this isn't a visual podcast, so I want to keep it to a minimum, but I think you'll appreciate <laughs> what's like going through my head. God dang it. A two-part mold that is just from hell with that <laughs> that piece that's so fine underneath there. Like yeah, that's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> and I gotta be careful with like how tight I'm uh and the same thing with the with the bruiser. Um, I had one piece that it was just the rubber band's a little bit tight and you it's just like see-through, you know, you'll have like yeah. a hole right there in the middle of the fabric. It's pretty tough, but um pushing myself to the limits, man. <laughs> the way to do it. Holy hell. Yeah. Um so yeah, I got a I started a Patreon up uh recently as well. I think that's like a place that I'm gonna feel like comfortable sharing and creating. Um for the most part, I don't like I don't know. You can go both ways with it, but I try not to clutter my Instagram feed with too much like work in progress stuff. Um, yeah. I understand that the guys out there, you know, the creators out there and, and some consumers, I think too, but you know, I want to make sure that the ratio is right. My finished yeah. products, my, my good looking stuff versus the process stuff. And uh, I think that for me is what uh, Titty Bean Toys has a great Patreon, man. He's crushing it. As far as a toy maker goes, I think that's like the, the model to look up to and yeah. uh, kind of using that as inspiration. I'd reached out to him and got his good graces that, you know, I wasn't just trying to rip him off. And uh, luckily it offers, I offer a different opportunity, you know, just being in the States and everything. And I also don't think that um, there's as much competition as you might think, like, right. Um, like amongst artists here, like I, I feel like it's more of a collective, like 
I never look at somebody else's art as something that's taken away sales from me. Like, right. Somebody likes my stuff, they're going to get it. And I, I got to like, make sure that I'm comfortable with, with that myself, you know, understanding that I'm not taking anything away from somebody like Titty Bean by just starting it up and doing my own. Um, yeah. So I think that'll give me a good platform to like kind of show some of this stuff off and, and what I'm working on and um, get some opinions that, and insight on pieces, you know, some feedback, communications going both ways on like stuff that I'm working on where it's not like a, a drop surprise drop. You know what I mean? (laughs) Dang. Um, That's going to be good. I I fear the, I mean, Patreon's fun. Um, I fear what it would be like, like as Titty Bean is doing it, because you're just having to cast nonstop to Mm -hmm. keep up with it. Yeah. I, I put limits on it. Um, I'm not here. There's limits yet, luckily. Um, but I think for me is like, um, what do I consider? I think that's another reason why I think I, I want to do something that's got where I'm doing more like waves of colorways and stuff like that. Because right now I, f- I felt like the struggle where since most of my cast and my colorways are one-offs, what am I I'm making for Patreon users? that's anything more special than the one-offs I already make, you know? Yeah. Um, and I did some cool pieces. The first run was those glow guts. I don't know if you saw those, but yeah. I had taken like yeah, glow in the dark scraps um, from a bunch of different, you know, sprues and scraps from other casts, and then just did like a clear cast on top of those. And I think that's cool. You know, a lot of people, you know, I can always fill stuff up with with scraps and sprues. It's not not the first person to do that, um, but I think making them glow, you know, that it's a pretty cool Patreon piece. You that's get a that you already like. You might already have one or two in different colorways. And to get a new colorway with that, with those guts, I thought was pretty fun. So keeping something like that without burning myself out, you know, yeah. um, and, and making sure that everybody who's there is getting something unique enough to justify the subscription price, you know? Yeah. Um, um I, I mean, we're headed towards the end of the podcast, but I need you to help me do something a little different this week. Let's uh, do it. We are going to brag on Toys Alive. Oh man. Yeah, Toys uh, Alive. Where do we start? I mean, they so they support the show. Um mm-hmm. and uh Brian and Crumbs are just killing it with like how they run the show and how how long they run the show. I mean, right. damn. Like I yeah, do that yeah, once a month with the bootleg marketplace, and it is like the first one ran for three hours and I was exhausted. <laughs> I do it every week, man, especially when I get scrumptious on this side. Yeah, man, he's running late. Burning yeah. Midnight oil. And um, so they like, and they do something that Toys on Tap um, can't and won't do. Like they are direct with people, like talking mm-hmm. to people, having the whole thing. They're running it like incredibly. So just... Yeah, they're do they're killing it. And those guys, uh, I'll say huge inspiration for me to just like to really like dig in. You know, the first couple pieces I made, I was like, yeah, I'll post these up. I haven't posted on Instagram for eight years. We'll see if anybody even sees or cares about this. And um Crumbs was I believe he was probably the second person to buy one of my pieces, and he ended up buying two, and I was just like I was so surprised. I mean, it was like the third toy I had sold um, yeah. and much like, or the third and fourth, whatever it was. And I was like, I hey, mean, I'll give you a deal. He's like, and he insisted he would not let me give him a five, $10 off. Right. Um, he's just like, no, man, you made this. So you know, your value. And he's so, so insistent. Um, 
when an artist, you know, knowing their worth, man. And, uh, you know, I was just happy to sell something and, uh, much less again, a, a bundled discount. I couldn't even, I couldn't give the guy $10 off. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was just one of those things. I don't even think when he bought it, I'm not sure if I knew that they had their podcast, um, or the show at that point. And then I think it was one random Thursday, man. I just, I, my Instagram was blowing up. I got a ton of likes. Um, and I realized they had shown, they had, you know, shown my pieces on one of their, one of their, um, segments at the end of the show. And man, it was, it was so just affirming to like, I don't know, it, it felt good, man, to be like, this like happened organically. Um, I've got people talking about my artwork on like a, on a program that I didn't know existed. Like, I think it's just like, it was just so good for my motivation and, and um, you know, for my confidence as an artist stepping into a, into a new field. Uh, yeah. And I give them all the credit for that, man. And they definitely, it's two, like you said, it's two different shows, man. And, uh, you know, two different vibes. Uh, th their show's different. It's, it's something that a lot of times, you know, I, I can play one of those and kind of put it on in the background. It's, they're, they're long, uh, <laughs> long form. Yeah. There's something that's fun about that, man. And there's something that's like, kind of cool and special about being there on the live show and just being able to just live chat is fun, man. And especially when it's like, uh, the amount of people that's on, it's like a great amount of people. It's not where you just have a bunch of people spouting off that you don't know, you know, everybody in that chat most likely. Yeah. And, uh, those guys are just incredibly supportive, man. Um, and they're doing great things. Yeah. Uh, I wish them the best. And, uh, yeah, they just, uh, Brian is, is a solid dude. I got to meet him in person. Like I said, at, uh, assembly required um supporting me helping other people out and i think that's just like that's him in a nutshell you know yeah. beeline beeline to my booth to support me while helping his friends get stuff that they want man um and they've just got a great vibe yeah um, so sick i'm i'm stoked i always well i tune in whenever i can um and then i hear from them like reposting stuff or and so it's cool that they listen and we go back and forth, but yeah, I can't say enough good things about them. Yeah. I, I wish them the best. I know. Um, yeah. Rocky there for a little bit, but, but man, it's, it's all on the up and up for them. And I think it's good. And I think they're doing great things and I wish I could hang it or tune in for the shows live a little bit more often, but like, again, man, East coast side, man, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can get started. And by the time things are really getting up and rolling, I'm starting to pass out. So yeah. I, I catch it, catch the rest throughout the week. So, um, but those guys are great, man. And the stuff that they do, especially, uh, being able to cover so many accounts and so many artists, um, that they, the amount of research that they have to do every week is just, it's gotta be wild, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if it feels good for anybody, especially when you're somebody out there just getting on the up and up and, and just starting something new out to have somebody like shout you out to people and, and kind of fight back on that algorithm that might not ever show you that that artist's work, you know, they're going to get yeah. in front of you, which is awesome. That's real. Um, as we, I mean, that. thank you for helping me do that. Um, as we're approaching this end, always about the artist, you got to brag about yourself and plug everything. Uh, for you, you just like to just drop stuff and then <laughs> do things in the world. So plug all the stuff coming up, all the stuff that you're doing, and tell people where they can go. All right. Uh, find me most uh, easily on Instagram at the Windigo, W-I-N-D-I-G-O. 
Um, through there, you can find uh, some of my other venues, like my website, becomethewendigo.com, or my Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash thewendigo. Um, as far as drops go, uh, my current format is Patreons get first dibs. Um, so I, sometimes they sell out, sometimes they don't. I don't think it depends. You know, five, if, I, if I'm putting five pieces up, chances are they're not going to sell it on Patreon. But um, the easiest way for you to get early access to any of that stuff is to go there. After that, um, drop them on Instagram. You find them in my shop. So always sporadic, um, very random. Uh, sometimes you can find 15 at a time. Sometimes I have two. So turn your notifications on. There you go. Dude, thanks for coming on Toys on Top. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you having me. And uh, you have a fantastic evening. Mm-hmm.